Welcome, listeners, to Bedtime Stories on A Writer's Life with me, your host, Haiga S. Bowen. Tonight's bedtime story is written by me, and it's titled, The Path. Cuddle up and get cozy. The Path Life in the city had become too crowded and much too noisy for me. And work was becoming too demanding. I had to work between 10 to 12 hour days. For months I did this, just to meet deadlines. Going to the bars used to be fun, but drinking and being hungover on the weekends had lost all its luster. It had been ages since I went hiking. It was my favorite outdoor activity. So I did what any normal person would do. I took three weeks off from my demanding job. Naturally, my boss was not pleased with me, but I didn't care what he thought. I had given him and his company months of my life, and all I had to show for it was a larger tax bill. To clear my thoughts and gain a new perspective on my life, I decided to go hiking in the Stein Valley of British Columbia. It was something I had always wanted to do. The very next morning, excited, I took myself to Mountain Equipment Co-op on Broadway and bought myself a new backpack. Where are you headed? The friendly salesperson had asked. To the Stein Valley. Not by yourself, I hope. I just smiled at him and asked where the camping stoves were. After all, who was he? The hiking police? I know, I know. Never hike alone. I broke that golden rule. Nevertheless, I was excited to hoof it into the valley to clear my mind and gain a new outlook on my life. It was early August when I set foot to my path. The black-capped chickadees were the first to welcome me, luring me into their world with their light-hearted chirping. A world of wonder was about to open up. I was mesmerized by the beauty of the valley. One could tell that the stein was a magical and sacred place. The sky was a brilliant honey blue. Huckleberries growing on the side of the trail were a welcome treat, and there were even patches of wild blueberries to be had, and not to mention Saskatoon berries. Long ago, the Inkla Palmac people had left pictographs on the boulders and high canyon walls that flanked the river on either side. Their drawings were a reminder to me that this land was sacred, along with its inhabitants. From what I could understand, some of the drawings depicted guardian spirits and legends that told of supernatural beings. The deeper I hiked into the valley, the more alive I started to feel. I had been hiking for three days. The simple ritual of setting up camp, cooking, tying up the food, taking down camp, sitting by the river at night, Watching how the water moved through the valley lifted me to an altered place of harmony. The Stein River became my constant companion. Its heavy roar was music to my senses. Everything in the world seemed right, and I felt at home. On the fourth day, I passed through the gates of Shangri-La, and time stood still. A narrow ridge 
no more than three feet wide, was before me. I could hardly contain my excitement. I hiked through the meadows, past Heart Lake, and onto Tabletop Mountain, which stood 7,300 feet high. My knees buckled and my heart was skipping beats. I was determined to make it to the top. With every step I took, I started to feel one with nature. I felt insignificant, vulnerable, and completely connected to something greater than myself. As I reached the mountaintop, the view was breathtaking. I could see where I had started the hike and where I was going. I scampered up and over the mountain, across the boulder fields to Kaltha Lake. It was a mystical and spellbinding hike. Exhausted from the day and filled with pride, I pitched my tent once more. The silence of the mountains settled into me, making sleep come easy. The next morning, I was not able to shake the sense that I was being watched and followed. Maybe it was the cougars or the wolves that were tracking me. After all, the area was inhabited by all sorts of clever creatures. By mid-afternoon, it was time to eat some lunch. Sitting by a small waterfall and still feeling nervous, I got the fright of my life. The bushes in front of me started to shake, rattle. I jumped to my feet with my heart in my throat, holding my breath and about to run. When out of the bushes jumped but two small weasels. This made me laugh, and the feeling of being watched subsided. After lunch, I circled Tundra Lake and started heading towards the Devil Staircase. I entered the enchanted Cedar Grove Forest. Never had I seen so many magnificent tall cedars. The trees stood over a hundred feet high. There was something wise and foreboding about the ancient evergreens. Pictures were in order, so I took off my pack and got out my camera. As I tilted the camera upwards, I noticed giant claw marks on the bark of the tree six feet above my head. All the giant cedars were covered with these territorial markers. I picked up my guidebook and read, Caution, this area is frequent by grizzly bears. Oh, I thought, I'm in trouble here. Just as I had read this warning, I heard a loud grunt. Looking up, I saw not one but three grizzlies circling around me. Fear struck, panic set in, and not knowing what to do, I took some steps back, and in doing so, I tripped over a small boulder and tumbled down an embankment. Intense, agonizing pain ran through my entire body. All I could remember was the smell of the earth and the breath of the grizzly. I didn't know what to do or how long I lay on the forest floor. When I awoke, I found myself in a hut, confused, not knowing where I was, thinking perhaps I was dreaming. I felt that my surroundings seemed imaginary. I went in and out of consciousness for about a day or so. Eventually, I was woken by the most beautiful song. Never had I heard such an enchanting voice. A beam of sunlight filtered through the only window in the hut. Golden light caressing a handsome man. He was the one singing. His chestnut-colored hair was halfway down his back. His smile was broad. His big brown eyes were peaceful and calming. 
I tried to sit up, but it was too painful. He looked over at me, smiled, and said, Hello, beautiful. At that very moment, my heart was opened. His name was Kendrew. Days passed, and we would talk into the wee hours of the night. He told me his story, how he had always lived in the Stein Valley, as had his father and his father's father. He told me how he had found me among the cedar groves and how the grizzly bear had kept a close eye on me. For two and a half weeks, I stayed with Kendrew, and I fell in love with him. And I believe he with me. One moonlight night, we decided to go swimming. Kendrew's hut was about a 30-minute walk to Alton Lake. The night creatures were out. Bats swooping here and there. A barred owl flew across our path. The frogs were busy croaking softness into the night, and just as we came around a bend, a deer crossed our path, leaping high over the bushes. Kendrew smiled and called after him. I will see you soon, my friend. He reached for my hand, and we were both excited and filled with anticipation about swimming in the pristine glacier-fed lake. Once at the water, we took off our clothing. We both felt a little shy. I had noticed that it was something odd about his feet, because he never took off his shoes. That night he did. I looked at his feet and was taken back a bit. He had none. Well, he had feet, gnarly-looking something, perhaps club feet, I thought. I did not know what to think. Then the old saying crept in, Love conquers all. That night we fell into one another's embrace and let our passions be free. But the next morning, I knew I had to leave. It was time to close things up at home. Kendrew hiked with me to the gates of Shangri-La. We kissed one another. I told him that I would return the following August. He had held me tight and whispered, I'll be waiting for you. I watched him scamper off. Nine months later, I gave birth to his daughter. She was beautiful, but she had the same feet as her father, a genetic birth defect, they said. Again, it did not matter to me, nor that she had tiny freckles that spotted her body. That August, I arrived at Kendrew's hut. I presented him with his daughter. He was delighted to see me. A tear rose to his eyes when he saw his dear, beautiful child. He was wearing a hat that he had made. It was a really, really big hat. Feeling full of joy, I placed his daughter in his arms and said, She has the same feet as you. He smiled down at her. Yes, she will be able to jump high and run fast one day. Her tiny body is covered in white little freckles, I said. He kissed her forehead. She is perfect. The spots will disappear in a few months. Kenru placed the child in a crib that he had made. He turned, facing me, and reached up to pull his hat off. I stood back, amazed at what I saw. A set of large antlers adorned his head, his crowning glory. He looked at me with his calming big brown eyes. My eyes were as big as his, like a deer caught in headlights. I wanted to flee, but my legs would not move. My heart was pounding and my mind was racing. He grabbed my hand and nuzzled my neck and stomped his hoofed 
feet. And with affection in his voice, he asked, What should we name our dear daughter? I said, Hufina Fonina. The end. I hope you enjoyed the path. Night, night. That was The Path, written by me, Heige Baum. If you want more information about my writing and my novel, Secrets in the Shadows, and if you want to know more information about the beautiful Stein Valley, please check the link below. Take care of each other.